You know what I love? What's that, John? That intro guitar music that you just heard. Yeah, it's pretty good. People, like, they listen to that and they're like, ah, oh, I'm home. Because they're back. We're they're back, back you to guys. The bro- it's season two. Season two. Pretty exciting. We got new microphones. I don't know if you can tell. New intro format. Our intros are... Are they going to be... It's the part they skip. <laughs> I hope... Well, if there's a part you skip, it's probably this part. You can probably skip this part. No, 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 but this is great. So, okay, I mean, so we're trying this new thing. We're trying little subtle format uh-huh. changes, and that's beginning with us talking about how we're doing. Right, yeah, because a note that we got from season one was like, hey, we feel like we don't know John and Kevin enough. And well, um, we're doing our own episodes, yeah. but though, not yet. Not yet. Uh, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but right now, we're just going to talk about ourselves a little bit. Uh-huh. Well, what you got going on, John? Uh, Not a plug, but just how, nah, how plug. are you? Uh, I'm so close <laughs> to hitting my quota at work, and it's really stressful. It's really, And I just can't wait to start recording <laughs> the process again. Yeah. Because right. uh, work is just... Uh, it's it's a it's a stacking high in the, good. In the stress area. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's good that you're working <laughs> i know yeah where are you working again, again oh burn I, hey burn i am yeah. working actually yeah. that's an update i've been yeah. looking for work i got a little part-time work uh helping out there's this guy on satellite who yeah. has a coin antique shop and i've been doing a little part-time work for him and the yeah. other day i put 11 hours in of moving stuff and it was exhausting and the next day i did another three hours and then i went home and i was like i should work on my EP, which is coming out um, oh, yeah. this week. It's not a plug. It's, it's just my life. It's, uh, seriously, it's uh, just your life. And you got you got Vervex. I got Vervex yeah. for the show. Uh-huh. This is not a plug. This is not plug I know, time. No, I'm just plug really excited that you got oh, Vervex. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. Uh, yeah, I'm in crunch time. I still have so uh-huh. much work to do. I have like over 100 hours left. I'm probably. feeling a little out of it because I just woke up like... <laughs> yeah, was John late. was supposed to get here at 2.30, and, and he, he, I texted him a at 2.45, and he was like, oh, no. No, well, that's embarrassing, because I set the time. Yeah. I was like, let's meet at 2.30, and then... You idiots. I know. Just kidding, well, John. Well, I don't know. I take a lot of naps during the day, and it's bad. I, I value sleep too much. It's, it's oh, I'm going to join a gym. That's good. Yeah. I joined a gym. Where? Wait. Fitness Evolution. Shoot, maybe I should go there. It's like $10 a month. It's only ten dollars a month. Yeah, it's like ten dollars a month. What? They, they have like is... a, they have a yearly charge of like thirty dollars. Okay. And then, but other than that, it's ten dollars a month. So Why is Bellingham Fitness thirty dollars a month? I haven't signed up yet, so maybe I should switch so, over. Oh, switch to Fitness Evolution. Fitness Evolution. They're not a sponsor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just only... right now, if you sign up at Fitness Evolution, you get access to all the treadmills <laughs> and all and all their weights for just ten dollars a month. And Sometimes three in, I'll they'll... be there on my phone, yeah. sitting there. We'll be there. We'll record a bonus episode of the process. How long have you been from Fitness Evolution? Oh, uh, like a, two months. Two months. Okay. And I've gone like a handful of times. I'm really trying. It's on my board. It's on my. Uh-huh. It's on my hey asshole whiteboard. That has been the same for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I still look at it. Yeah. You don't do actively check it off. Not always. Okay. Sometimes on a day I really need to be productive. I, I guess for audiences, uh, I have a whiteboard. It says, "Hey asshole, today is a good day like all the rest. Be sure to." And then there's a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to do because when I'm feeling depressed. Uh, I just need to do stuff. I should probably do something better. like that. You know, yeah. several of our guests, when you leave the room, they look at that and they go, I need a list like that. Yeah, it's a yeah. good, I mean, it's like a very silly thing, but also it actually helps. Today we have uh, comedian Ryan Cudahy. It was, a, it was a delight to talk to him. Really. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a delight yeah. to talk to all oh, our okay, guests. Okay, but it but is. <laughs> especially Ryan Especially Cudahy. Ryan. By the way, are we going to say 
season two, episode one, or episode eleven? I, mm, I think I'm just gonna say episode eleven. Oh, episode eleven. Okay, season two, episode eleven. What? That sounds weird, though. No, no, no. Yeah? I'll just say regular episode eleven. Just episode eleven. Just regular episode eleven. Okay. With irregular in the name. Okay. All right. Regular episode eleven with, with Ryan Cudahy. Uh, we, what do you? Uh, I'm motioning you to do that because <laughs> I don't want to do it. And yeah. we join them in a conversation already in season two progress. <laughs> there it is. Um. So I am now since oh we're recording. Uh, <laughs> I think Brought it would us. be appropriate to give you the candy treat. Oh, oh, treats. Boy. Hey. oh boy! Uh, hey. so, you're the first person to ever give us treats. I think. No, it was yeah. Lee. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 These are the same brand yeah. My, that Lee got. The same yeah. brand, and I like how but they're they're, indiv- they're melted. They're slightly melted because they were in yeah. your pocket. My my, <laughs> my my theory was to bring <laughs> you the same candy that Lee brought you, but less of it and was it worked. actually from the same bag maybe <laughs> wow that was like several weeks ago yeah but and, like and i've been carrying ago. it in my pockets ever since waiting for you guys right. to call me in <laughs> well you're here ryan cudahy oh yeah oh, here. yeah ryan cudahy that's great uh so let's just take it from uh how long you've been doing it uh stand-up comedy and because we're I just know, gonna get into it, we're just yeah. gonna get into it. Didn't aren't we? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was gonna yeah. like stall until our hour was up, and then <laughs> which you are doing a fine job of. <laughs> but that that question is more interesting for Ryan because uh, he did not start in Bellingham. Uh, yeah, I I started um ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. I'm twenty five years old, and I started a little before I turned fifteen. So I was a fourteen year old little guy when I'm little guys. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I started. Uh, do you you want to hear like why I wanted? Or? Yeah, well, tell us about your first time. I mean, like, did you you say the first time was when you were fifteen and well, then fourteen, fourteen. Yeah, and, and I from the first time I started this is comedy, doing it. No, we're not first sexual <laughs> first, first. Yeah, but... uh, They they did not correspond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no uh, relationship graph you could make there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will stop derailing. <laughs> you can answer, please. I'm curious. Oh yeah, she's so curious. Uh, yeah, I I started when I was 14, almost 15, uh-huh. and I hadn't really slowed down for a few years after uh-huh. that. Right when I started, I was doing it consistently, week in, week out. Where was was this a uh, Giggles Comedy Giggles, Club? Yeah, which is and now yeah, uh, yeah, it's a strip club now. I think. It was. I don't know if it's still a strip club because there was zoning problems. No, it turned to Jiggles. I hate that I have to open. I have to open this with that. Um, Giggles Comedy Club. No, it was yeah, like it's a real comedy. It's not just like a. It wasn't just like a restaurant with a. No, it was okay. a comedy club, and I would also do comedy underground, another okay. comedy club in Seattle. Um, Tell us about some of it. I want to know the jokes that fourteen-year-old Ryan told. Fourteen-year-old uh, Ryan. Um, I remember a lot of them. I remember the the. I had a bit about the show Fear Factor. Uh, popular at the time, uh, yeah, and still popular to this day. Right. I would argue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like now, you're banking on the nostalgia yes. factors. Do you, do you, you've been, you said you've been doing it for ten years. Do you have any bits that like that are like eight, nine years old, and you look back and you're like, this this bit still holds up for me? Yes. Okay. Like, yeah. Do you still tell them? Show like, and tell. Uh, oh, show oh and really? Show wow. and tell. Uh-huh. Because it's a story about me in kindergarten. Uh-huh. 
yeah, it, yeah. like I, I wrote that early and I kept it uh-huh. um I guess like how self-aware were you back then were you were you did you know that like okay I'm a kid like and yeah people aren't gonna take me as seriously or did you... oh I knew I was getting good graces I, I uh-huh. knew it was easier for me to go up there and get laughs okay. than other people because other people told me so okay so, uh, like you <laughs> so it, you're just milking it you yeah, know? yeah yeah and and it, it gave me a somewhat of a net mm-hmm. where I could learn the ropes without uh, the fear of completely bombing right off the bat uh-huh. because I did have a bit of a grace. I could still do bad. You have to be funny on stage. There's that whole thing. You, right. you just you can't go up and not be funny. Uh-huh. I've seen 14 year olds and younger go up and get nothing. Right. But they they want to laugh more because you're young, you're cute. Exactly. And I always look a little younger than I actually <laughs> am. So they were assuming like, how does he know all these yeah. words? Because you're like you're like 16 now, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah but that's true at the end of the day especially with stand-up it's still like there's still justice right oh yeah it's like we're Uh, not gonna give you any more than oh man maybe one pity laugh right even if like you're a celebrity even if you're good looking it's like if you're not funny then Uh, we don't care good looking that goes along (laughs) i mean that's got me as far as i can yeah we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that next day Uh, but I, yeah, the, the worst set I've ever seen, I think was actually a 14 year old Mm -hmm. who, um, he had come to a comedy class I was teaching in Seattle. I wasn't, I was like co-teaching. I I was a guest speaker. Um, and, uh, he, I gave him a lot of notes and he, he didn't understand a lot of things about comedy. And then I did see him go to Giggles Comedy Club a couple weeks later. He did everything exactly how uh-huh. i told him not to and the audience gave him nothing the only laugh was when uh he he went uh am i right people is is that just me and and one person without raising their voice at all from the back of the room said yes <laughs> That person got the laugh. That right. person got the laugh. Oh, sad. And it was it was just because they didn't have to speak up. Uh-huh. That's uh, great. So tell us about like the road to your first first time doing stand up. Because a lot of people they decide like when they're like fifteen, sixteen, like, oh I love stand up and then when they're twenty three they're like, Maybe I'll do a five minute set and like Yeah. Uh yeah, tell us about that. Well, um, so my my parents always liked stand up, uh-huh. and that was like their date night right. thing oh, they really? would do. Okay, and uh, eventually they went to a few date nights, and we would get in so much trouble, me and my brother and sister at home, that they realized, okay, we can't do that anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, like they came home once, and there was an ambulance, and I was bleeding a lot. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, hang on, I want I want to know the story. Yeah. Uh, I was hiding under a blanket because I was a blanket monster, uh-huh. and my brother was doing a handstand because he's cool, uh-huh. and he fell on me and really hurt my nose. I see. It's great. Uh, I later had to have my nose cauterized. Uh, <laughs> and so after that, your parents were act like three, maybe on that one. <laughs> your yeah. parents were like, "No more, yeah, okay, no more getting to do things for ourselves." Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they still like comedy, and they still yeah. wanted to go to giggles. That was their place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they brought me when I was ten years old mm-hmm. uh, to an open mic, and we decided to sit up front, front center. And I was a little ten-year-old, and I again look younger. So you're like, "Whoa, what's this baby doing here?" Uh-huh. Uh, and every comedian that night went up and was like, "Okay, I have to say something about the ten-year-old in the room. Right. Uh, I have to address this." And you, mm. you, you guys understand what right, it would be yeah. like. You yeah. have to be aware of what people are thinking about in the room. And uh, as the night went on, and everybody kept like making their jokes at me, I just uh, I realized more and more. 
yeah, people should pay attention yeah. to me. <laughs> Just uh, affirming this need for attention. Yes. Like, yeah, I should be the center. Uh, which has our, was already an issue because I was the youngest and I had learned to diffuse conflict with comedy uh just from living with siblings mm-hmm. um that's john's favorite question by the way you answer uh, the siblings yeah we'll get that to act two. Oh, I i'm looking forward to the other act <laughs> well the, the guest is always like oh i don't really think that or, and i'm like and then, and then i have to cut it out and i'm like i don't want john Man, to look like a, a fool, a fool. <laughs> thanks uh, kevin make me look so good um <laughs> But the the big turn that made me, I think, go towards stand-up more than if I was just a casual interest in it was at the end of the open mic, um, a the comedian, Rick Kunkler, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually done shows with him since, like, five, six years later. Oh, cool. Um, he was kind of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he brought me out of the audience onto the stage and, like, did just a straight interview with me. All of his set was about me. And right. So it was kind of like this. Kind of like this, yeah. except uh, he's more like, hey, look at this stupid kid. He All thinks right. he's tall. <laughs> oh, great bit. Yeah, but I, I, yeah that was not it. Um, but I was really enjoying it, and it ended with him whispering a bit into my ear and having me tell it. Uh, and it was obviously a dirty joke. That was mm-hmm. the whole point. And, like, it got a big laugh of me going, I don't think I should say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you've definitely great. been doing stand-up longer than anyone else we've had on the on the podcast, probably combined. Um, <laughs> and uh, I want to know about, like, did your writing process, like, take, like, a take a shift maybe like halfway through and like or is it pr- pretty yeah much... it, it took a big shit like halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> like do you look back on like oh man i used to remember when i used to write like this when i was 17 like i was like i was so mistaken back then or... oh yeah there's a there's a ton of stuff i did wrong uh-huh. um but there's a ton of stuff i'm still doing wrong like i i, I can recognize that uh, it, my style ebbs and flows. It, uh-huh. I have good times and bad times. I have times when I'm coming up with so m- much material that I know is going to last years. Right. Uh, mm. uh, and and it is, I get into a frame of thinking where I'm like, this is funny, and maybe it's not. Uh-huh. And I started with that, and I got rid of some of those tendencies, but some of them come back, and some uh-huh. new tendencies right. evolve. Like, kind of getting, like, it's hard when you're starting out, and you get, like, emotionally attached to bits... And you'll just hold on to them as yeah. tight as you can, despite all the silence that you receive. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that I my my problem when I was young is I wasn't getting silence. Uh, I okay. Feel, I feel like it, it. I had to wait till I was older to really know what a bad set was like. Uh-huh. Um, one because honestly, I had good bits as a kid. Uh, they were coming from a perspective people didn't know, uh-huh. and they were. Pretty well put together. Yeah. yeah. And they were pretty well t- put together. I, I, I feel like um, there was four years between when I went to the open mic and got brought on stage and I, until I felt ready to go on stage. Uh-huh. And during that time, I was thinking about comedy. Right. Cool. Um, so uh, I actually would have preferred if I would have just jumped in it to it at 10, got those extra years under my belt. I, mm-hmm. I would have had a harder time starting, but I feel like it, it would have... Uh, um, got me off faster yeah totally. Uh, so how did you like did you uh start to deal with with maybe bombing or uh 
or just I don't know when your when your comedy took a turn. And <laughs> uh, my comedy took a turn when I gave less time to it. Really, uh, um, uh, in high school, I would has had terrible grades because there was a period when I was doing uh, five or six shows a week, uh, four or five shows a week, okay. where there's just like open mics and shows I was a weekly guest on, and then the clubs were ahead of me on the weekend shows uh-huh. and i was just not giving school enough time and so my grades were so bad i was in danger of flunking out so i was like okay yeah high school should take priority <laughs> because that's what my mom said right. <laughs> <laughs> and and then so i i cut comedy back for just like one show a week or if I, only if i was getting paid for it right uh, and i just started losing some of that steam right. uh and my grades didn't improve <laughs> and i did flunk both out of high things, school both things oh, suffered no. yeah um if i if, if this process you have here was uh-huh. a time machine i would go back and i would just be like no man focus on comedy yeah. <laughs> you're actually you're gonna flunk out anyway. yeah. yeah uh so you did uh, when did you move up here like was it three years ago about three years ago. okay um have you ever done a show in seattle no or been to a stand-up show in seattle no i've yeah. n- i haven't done I haven't done a music show in Seattle. Uh-huh. I haven't done anything in Seattle. Yeah, I've only done like, several in Seattle. I've like, only I, done I several. Only several. <laughs> I mean, like, not as, as much, like, like six or eight. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and as my, my experience, like, the crowds aren't that different. I don't know. What, oh, no. Can you uh, speak to that? Crowds are similar. Uh, like, uh-huh. uh... Yeah, you'll you you still get the same archetypes. You get the uh-huh. bar crowd. You get the mm-hmm. club crowd. Yeah. Uh, college college crowd is depending on which club you're going to. Uh-huh. Uh, a club crowd can skew towards college or uh-huh. just it, it, it's hard to just say mainstream because people are more right. complex than that. Yeah, but but the uh, college crowds at Western are I, I, in Bellingham are like super. Super, super college. college. Yeah, they they yeah. are the arch- archetype yeah. personified. Because not just like college kids, they're they're like freshmen. Yes, sophomore. Uh, just just moved to Bellingham. Mm-hmm. First time living on my own college crowd. Which I like. Yeah. I like that crowd. Mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of different crowds. I feel like I can chameleon a bit uh-huh. to different crowds. I, I This is a bit of a... What's it called? Jaunt down Jaunt. old memory lane. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends. Yeah, it depends on uh, how you're moving yeah. down there, I guess. It could be like a jog. Yeah, let's jog over the memory I town. I think Jaunt fits right. <laughs> I think, Thank you know, you. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, uh, like, I can think of this crowd I did in uh, uh, Ballard. There was uh-huh. a weekly show called Lowball in Ballard, local Ballard comedy. And um, it was a tea, uh, a chai tea place. Uh, and they would have a punk show right before. Oh, great. Uh, That's great. And this well, the partic- fact that it's already a chai tea place <laughs> and they have a punk show before. Just it, the perfect setup. No, I love these shows. Very, they, these very, were great it's shows. It's very DIY. It's yeah. very punk. <laughs> um, but the cops actually got called on this oh, punk really? show because oh, a huge fight broke out. Oh, no. Um, so our show started half an hour late and the music, they felt, stopped too soon even though they went over their time. Uh, so they actually waited around for the next show because they were like, I don't want to leave. This is, uh, I don't want, you can't kick me out just because the cops are here. Right. Uh, so three or four guys went up just doing their normal bits, and it was terrible. There was just like no one was doing anything. I was like, so I thought, all right, uh, I'm just going to do my set for them. This uh-huh. is a unique crowd. I'm going to adjust myself for them. Right, yeah. Uh, and I went up. 
and I told my um, electric toothbrush joke. Uh-huh. It, it has a line in it um, where I'm like, and so I call my mom. Uh-huh. And I do that in there, and I go, so I call my mom. I mean, the establishment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it just worked. It That's was That's good, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, how, often, how often are you, like, ditching your the prepared set? Because at the Frog the other night, I had, like, I had a prepared set, and then, like, this guy went up for his first time, and he was like, all my buddies are here! And it was, like, it's, like, ten of his buddies, and I, like, scrapped the whole set. I'm like, I'm just going to make fun of these guys now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then, but then it's like... It's like, oh, all my material, though. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> uh, like, how often are you just, like, just changing to each each crowd? Are you do that pretty much every other show, or...? Um, I I used to do it a lot more. Uh-huh. I used to be like, okay, this crowd needs something. Right. Uh, like, with that punk crowd, I uh-huh. uh, chugged a Red Bull and then um, <laughs> <laughs> tried, tried to crush the can on my forehead, yes. which was a failure, oh, but it was funny. That's great. Um... Uh, so like that show I gave it all I gave it all to them right. I don't really do that anymore uh-huh. uh, because I feel like it, I, I have that unwillingness to give up my chance to make lasting material right. yeah, the, yeah, the totally. giving everything to just that crowd yeah. it doesn't it doesn't give me something I can walk away with other than experience and mm. I have so much experience at this point yeah that the, it, the, the jokes they're 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 fleeting. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, It's like improv, right? It's just yeah. like and and improv we is all just know a is bullshit. Flawed, flawed <laughs> concept. Yeah, yeah. It's the word, right, Kevin? Yeah. Fuck, uh, fuck that. No, it it, it, it it is something about me where I just I want to be able to walk away with something gained, something yeah, totally. that is more tangible that I can hold on to. It's just it makes me feel safer. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I still augment myself to a crowd. If I I watch who goes before me, I watch who be, goes before that. Normally, if I uh, am yeah. feeling nervous, I'll practice instead. But um, I try to weave my set into the narrative of the show and the yeah. narrative of that audience. Right. Have you done Have you done like a lot of out of state stuff at all, or has it mostly been kind of contained to like Washington? It's mostly been Washington. I I just I am afraid to travel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did do a show down in L.A. once. Oh, how was I've uh, never. I feel like L.A. crowds suck. <laughs> how was uh, that? I, it was weird um, because it was a People's Republic of Comedy show, okay. uh, which was a group I was part of when I was young. It was a weird show because Patton Oswalt was on it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You yeah. yeah. told yeah. me about this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's all us tell the, yeah. uh, the audience about it. <laughs> uh, and But the thing was, he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to be the closer. And he um, his dog was sick. Oh, uh, no. So he was like, hey, guys, my dog's sick. Uh, I want to be with my dog. I have to take care of that. Uh, so I still want to do your show. I don't want to ditch you but uh he went first <laughs> <laughs> so he opened for he you. opened for you yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that is the worst that yeah is because the worst. because the crowd was there for Patton oswald yeah. make no mistake oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there was a lot of sketch comedy in the show uh-huh. which like they also were not there for right. um <laughs> And Patton oswald had an amazing set up front and uh-huh. everyone else you know kind of paled right um though i i one of my favorite stories of all time is uh i was backstage with Patton oswald and he was apologizing to me even though i was like a guest on this show uh, about like ditching and i'm like no man it's like yeah you owe me one Patton oswald (laughs) and uh your dog better be really fucking sick (laughs) uh and 
Uh, another just side note that I can never not bring up is Patton Oswald has the softest hands I have ever felt. Okay. <laughs> good to know. No, I, 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 all I did is shake his hand, but okay. <laughs> immediately I went Sorry, from fine. starstruck to, <laughs> to what the... <laughs> Why are your hands so soft? How many lotions do you use? It was like shaking hands with a cloud. (laughs) Okay, uh, last thing I want to talk to you about before we move on to Act 2 is uh, tell us about how you workshop jokes. Because I feel like all the local comics here, they all come to you and they want to workshop a bit. And they're like, Ryan is the best at workshopping stuff. He is. I'll I'll just The workshopping guru. I I, I want to preface it by saying I love it because I come off stage and you just like you come to me with like notes like I don't have to seek you out you're just like oh here's what worked here's what didn't and it makes me feel so good you actually pay attention (laughs) it makes me feel so good Uh, I I hate to um, step on that (laughs) because no and and this is not a bad thing I uh, it's a compulsion to give Uh notes to other people because I don't like watching stand up um, right, yeah. yeah, we've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah. It's I, just hard being part of an audience. It's hard being yeah, part of an audience. Yeah, totally. um, yeah. I don't have control. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I become very empathetically nervous for the person on stage mm-hmm. because there's nothing I can do to stabilize it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I just can, am like busily writing down notes the whole time because uh-huh. I want to help somehow. Right. Just, uh, <laughs> you gotta occupy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that like... The, the 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 more I do stand up, the harder it is to watch people who have been doing it for less time. Right? Yes, like seeing a first timer, it's just like Ugh. when like, you yeah when you see the mistake that you see coming, right? And when it comes out, you're just like no yeah no I I, I have to help you. Uh-huh. Um, and but I I I do enjoy giving notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I work, workshop jokes, I don't really know anymore. Uh-huh. Um, Lee Cox is a big uh source for me to go to because I feel like. We understand each other's sense of humor uh-huh. really uh, well. He's given me the breakdown for my formula, okay. uh, <laughs> which is, uh, hi, I'm Ryan. Uh-huh. Here's something I'm interested in. Here's why I suck at it. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's the cut of he's special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, how? Uh, I guess, like, how often are you um, uh, abandoning bits? Like, like, you know what? That just, this bit, I've tried to make it work, and it's, and it's not, it's not going to happen. Rule of three. Um, okay. uh, like, I know there's the general rule of three in comedy, the third example subverts the whatever. Right. But my rule of three is that, um, if I do something three times on stage and it just gets nothing, mm-hmm. that's when it's over. Okay. So it, I will abandon something if I'm like three times, similar crowds, uh, other material works and it still is just not performing and I've augmented it and I've teased it and seen what I can get out of it. Uh-huh. It's sometimes it from different angles. Yeah, sometimes yeah. there's just uh-huh. nothing there. Yeah. Uh and and that's that's usually well where I'll drop it. Uh-huh. Um sometimes I, I, I like to do a bit that is just for me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I won't abandon those for longer, uh-huh. but I'll come up with uh, what another thing I like to call the golden parachute, uh-huh. where it, you just have an out where like you know the joke isn't gonna do well. Right. Yeah. But so you have, you have some, yeah. some sort of like witty kind of like zing. Right? Yeah. And all. and I wouldn't just go with the the general. Well, that's not a good joke. Or right. Like, There's no punchline here. Yeah. yeah. That that's the yeah. people's usually their parachute, and uh-huh. my golden parachute is something more unique, uh-huh. something. Uh, that will get me out of there in style. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, this isn't a great example, uh, but the my pad thai joke. Okay, yeah. Uh, where I fail at ordering <laughs> pad thai. Just, pad thai. Uh, you should wait. Actually, how long is that joke? No, I'm not gonna do the whole joke. <laughs> okay, I'm just right. the line that okay. I, I fail at ordering pad thai, and I go, 
Uh, how do you fill at pad thai? It says easy as pie, <laughs> which is the funniest thing to me. It's, so, it's very, very. But cool. audiences the frog, and it killed with all the comedians. With all the comedians, <laughs> all the comedians, yeah. The and which I knew was going to be the case, <laughs> and the, my golden parachute in that was there. We go. Uh, an applause break, ironically and strictly from the comedians. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's just, it's partially related be- to my comedy, is the is why I made that little joke. Um, I love how much enjoyment you got out of that, like, oh, what if this water spilled in you? Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be so ridiculous. But it's real like, enough, how, this, this that's water the thing, there's like, spills, there's three different things, so there's no way it could spill on everything unless you're like, huh, huh. Huh, huh. Or if I laugh while drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> it goes in still then. <laughs> You guys are having a great time over there. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't make an just, audience laugh, but I can make John Lee laugh, everybody. <laughs> through, I just realized that's a Tokopi shirt that yeah. Kevin is wearing, yeah. not John. Not John. <laughs> Clarification. Yeah. Uh, it seems that Kevin likes Pokemon. Don't get that confused. It's all right. It's, uh, I like the shirt because it's subtle. It's like, people... Who know Pokemon will get it, but if you don't know Pokemon, it's just like a shirt. Well, with I, think, a design. well I think I got this at the time where it's like I wanted a Pokemon shirt, but I didn't want to have a Pokemon shirt because I was like, it's not cool. Right. Yeah. But now I'm at the point where it's like, I'll wear a shirt that is so, Togepi. Just has Pokemon written it on it in 15 different ways. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm an you, improviser. Were, you were so nonchalant for like three words of that sentence. <laughs> didn't know where I was going. Yeah, uh, I'll have a Pokemon and then... Uh, why do I have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even like a hard... Yeah. I mean, just, let's start Act 2. Okay, so tell us, were you born in Seattle? Or did you have other origins? We were talking about yeah. the other day, like, I don't right. get... When you ask a, someone in the audience where are they from, I uh-huh. don't get what the answer means. Uh, where are you born? Where oh, you live? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just de- uh-huh. you determined it was wherever you grew up the longest. Yeah, exactly. Whatever uh, whatever determines like the way you speak. And, yeah, and, yeah. Just people... where the majority of your childhood was. <laughs> and people like right. Marina don't have an answer. Exactly. Well, yeah. That's yeah. a callback. It's a callback. Oh, episode, episode, episode I'm moving six. my arm in a. Yeah, he's very enthusiastic about this. Oh, this is callback. Season, Stop this is listening. Two, Stop listening to this one. Go back. <laughs> To that episode, get the call back. Anyways. Um, so, I, yeah, I think maybe I was born in Seattle. Uh-huh. Uh, I grew up a different place, and then I grew up another different place. Uh, where? <laughs> Maple Valley was the name of the place okay. uh, where I spent most of my childhood, if you're going to go with that determiner of uh-huh. what that means. And it's, uh, it was in Washington. Yeah, suburban Washington. Okay. Um, more rural, actually, but I have trouble saying that word. Right. Um, <laughs> so did you did you change schools a bunch of times or no? It's just okay. like when I was younger, and then Maple Valley, and then I lived in Federal Way in Des Moines, but I kept going to the same school because mm-hmm. like that's important, right? Uh, you know, the whole parents split up, and then you're living in multiple places at the same okay. time. You have to determine which place you're gonna actually be living. Okay. Um. Uh, so your parents? How old are you when your when your parents split up? Uh, I don't actually know. Uh-huh. I would want to say like. 
12 or 13. Okay. Uh, like, I, I have a visual memory of when that happened, uh-huh. but I can't, like, I, I still, in my memory, I still look like me now. <laughs> right, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, have, I have a lot of memories like that. Uh-huh. Um, you, did, you did look exactly the same. Yes, yeah, so, again, I look very young for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 12 or 13, and then, but then you started doing comedy like a year after that. Yeah, like a yeah. year or two. I, uh-huh. I feel like that's how it was set up. Uh-huh. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, if people listening want to go fact check that, right. I would appreciate get back to me with my life check story. Check the Ryan Cuddy, um, uh Wikipedia page. Yeah. My parents' divorce didn't really affect me that much. Okay. Uh, it hit my other family members a lot more than me. I remember the weirdest thing about that moment of them sending us down and being like, okay, we're not together anymore, mm-hmm. was uh, I was not crying, my brother was, and that was freaking me out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, did, did you feel a need to talk about it on stage or divorce? No, um, I, I feel like that's just it's it's a common thing at this point. I wasn't giving a given a unique perspective by it. There's uh-huh. so much more I feel I'm capable of talking about that uh-huh. is like unique to me. Okay. Um, they, they and they were good. They were yeah. they were good mm-hmm. parents, and uh-huh. it, it they didn't uh, mess up too bad. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess tell us about like. Uh... Like your middle school and high school days, um, where I mean, like, just oof. Were you um, like, were you like, if I talked to like people you knew in high school, they're like, oh yeah, Ryan, he's he's the funniest. And I go, oh, okay. No, uh, and I think that's come for a fair amount of the people on, uh-huh. we've had on here, mm-hmm. comedians at least that they're not class clowns. Right. Uh, we you've talked about the difference between the class cr- clown and the comedian. And I was even further away from that. I wasn't the comedian in school. Yeah. I was. But the... you were still. You're probably the only kid doing stand up. For sure. Right. Yeah. For sure. And did people know that? Did you advertise yeah. it like, hey, everyone come down to my shows? Or. Uh, yeah, I tried at certain times. Uh, certain times I, I lent lean lent lent. I lent into it. Yeah. And sometimes I leaned away. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think you can just say lean to both times. <laughs> no, when Lent yeah, goes in, in. Lent goes in, lean goes out. <laughs> you should know this. That's, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I started at like junior high level. Um, people consider me hard to approach. I often am told outside of a comedic context I uh, am mean looking. Okay. I'm off putting. Really? Yeah. I uh, disagree, but. I've that's... been strictly told yeah. that. Um, I guess we know what you want to comedy that's how we know you is yeah you you know me in the context i am uh uh, comfortable and that's one of the few Uh um Uh, for those uh listening at home uh who can't see right now he's got sharp fangs (laughs) blood dripping from his eyes (laughs) more mouth where eyes are uh so even when you were a kid people people told you that yeah Uh i was i was just kind of off-putting um i don't blame him (laughs) <laughs> no i and once i got into comedy i thought that was gonna be like okay now i now i can now i'll be cool right uh yeah. and people in my junior high knew that i did comedy and they used it very efficiently to make fun of me oh no because um, it's like the one thing that makes you different so yeah and sort of like, it was one of many things that made here me comes different. funny man and uh, it's also like you know it's an easy target because it's like this thing you, you hold with like reverence and they're yeah. just like oh we're gonna yeah. fuck that up yeah. <laughs> i also had surgery when i was young and and that is something they picked on but uh, the wow. uh the I, re- I remember specifically they a group came over to me and like 
oh, you do comedy, tell us a joke, tell us a joke. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And they just very, very nicely kept asking me. And eventually I was like, okay. And I started to go into a bit and they all just started laughing, uh-huh. like very mockingly, right. very over the top. Oh, and they just didn't rough. stop. They just uh-huh. kept following me and laughing. And from that point on, anytime they would see me, they would go into this laughter. Right. And mm. uh, it was very, very clever. Uh-huh. It was a very... <laughs> they took what I liked, and they uh-huh. weaponized it against me. Yeah. Yeah. God. yeah. Kids are so smart. Yeah, yeah. very, very... <laughs> That's the takeaway here. Kids yeah. are smart. Kids are yeah, smart. Yeah. 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 Uh, the bullies, it's just... It's, it's a beautifully uh-huh. intelligent thing. <laughs> uh, so I guess dealing with that and... Um, Maybe possibly like social anxiety as well. Um, how, how do you think like that feeds into uh, your writing process or just your sets in general? Mm-hmm. Social anxiety is like my comedic process is like neuroticism. Right. That's that is where it's coming from. <laughs> that that is what I I make jokes about because it's just I need to process it. I need uh-huh. to I need to move through what I'm feeling and I can't get it out in other ways. Right. Um, so I guess like a lot of your comedy is like it's it's self deprecating. Yeah. Um like well, so so when you deal with like social anxiety or depression, um, is like is there is there anger in there as well? Or Oh yeah. It... And and uh I just I'm self deprecating because I have those thoughts. I think uh-huh. that about myself. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to get those out? You can't just keep them. Right. It, it seems like you're moving yeah. towards the big question i know from the process uh, of the is depression right. necessary i was trying to bring it up naturally yeah no i, <laughs> I just i know i, I know the format man no, just like, to... you can't just sidle in like that uh, no ask the question uh so how ask have you mom. have you dealt with anxiety and or depression and how do those feed into like your your comedic process mm-hmm. oh that's different. Have yeah. you guys changed it from yeah. the early episodes? No, no I'm just trying to same. articulate it like uh, a little more cleverly. Yeah. Or like, I guess we could also ask because we kind of learned from season one that uh, it's not like necessary. Or like yeah. some people deal with it differently. But I guess how does it affect like your your creative process? That's the thing, though. I believe it is necessary. Okay. Uh, Talk that, about that. Yeah, uh, and that's why I, I did want to have. We're rubbing our hands. <laughs> okay, you have ruined the. Episode. <laughs> Doing act two, the most sacred act. Um, oh so you believe? So you do believe depression is necessary? Yes. To, to, to uh, be and successful. I, I don't think I. I don't think I did believe that for a lot of my time, but uh-huh. I just. I don't did, understand. Did, did you actively not believe it, or it just never occurred to you? Uh, it was something I didn't want to be true. Okay. Uh, I wanted to be just like anybody can do this. Anybody can get into this. Anyone can do well. You uh-huh. just need to know the rules. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like. Uh, there is something that drives people to comedy, and it is pain. Uh, mm-hmm. Pain is pain and depression are so linked. Like you, depression is just you can't get over the pain. It's overwhelming. It consumes you, um, and you need a way to transfer pain. Pain can't just sit with you. That will destroy you. It, it, it needs to be transformed into something else. And comedy is the most efficient way to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why, like, when people, they see comics, like, oh, why is this person joking about, like, rape or slavery or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not because that comic thinks those things are great. No. <laughs> it's because they, they think those things are terrible and they want to take the take the power away from yeah. from those terrible things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then there's just really bad comedians yeah. that yeah, don't I know think, what I think, they do. I think oh, those, yeah. those yeah. topics are dealt with, like, yeah. In, a, yeah. in an effective way. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, yeah. they're not... They're, I, I do want to come back to strictly the depression thing, but real uh-huh. quick, the... I, I 
that what you're just talking about with the topics that aren't off limits i have the belief that nothing is off limits in comedy uh-huh. as long as it's personal as long as it's coming okay. from a perspective that's true for you yeah. like it's it, rooted in some sort of yeah, honesty yeah if yeah. Uh, i have jokes about um being bullied i have uh-huh. jokes about my dad's death i have jokes about suicidal thoughts uh-huh. all of these are really painful topics that people are going to have a adverse reaction to, but they, I haven't offended anyone because I'm coming from a point of view that's mine and it's true. Yeah. I've dealt with those things. Yeah. I need to talk about mm-hmm. them. That's what makes it okay. You can't just come over and make jokes about someone else's pain. Yeah, right. well, because, yeah, I think a lot of times uh, a lot of comedians will, like, justify it and be like, hey, like, nothing's off limits. Like, this is, like, we want to de-stigmatize this. Or, and, like, or I think it's that's just true. a joke, so I Yeah, or it's just a joke. I think that's, I mean, that's that's true to an extent. But, yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, if you don't know what you're talking about, like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you're, if you're, if you haven't experienced this, the only reason you're talking about it is because you shouldn't. Uh-huh. And you just want to yeah. break the rules. You want to just shock people. And right. that's not... Or you saw your favorite comedian do it, and you're trying to follow in that person's footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like, if you're going to, like, make a joke about suicide, and let's say that, like, makes me uncomfortable, I don't have the right to, like, take that away from you, right? Yeah, Especially... and that's what people, like, people see my set, and they, they realize I'm not, I'm not picking on them. I'm not, yeah. I'm not pointing out what's wrong with them. I'm dealing with what needs to be dealt with on my end. Uh-huh. And this is, this is my outlet. Uh, and that's why I don't understand how a comedian or uh, a good comedian could come to comedy without that pain is mm-hmm. what's driving them to it. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many more healthy ways to express yourself. Yeah. So many. It's, a, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. to It's like the weirdest. It's like the least efficient way to get affirmation. You know oh, for I mean? sure. Like, you can get it from your family, your friends, your teachers, but it's like, no, I want it from a room of strangers. Yeah. And like, I want it to be in the specific form where I can very easily fail. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. I never thought about that. It's just mm-hmm. like, and like, I wanted to be, I don't want to talk to these people ever again either. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's not just like you're like getting up on stage and like talking about it in like a serious context. Like uh-huh. you want them to laugh about it. Yeah, which it's is a, like, which a is weird really response. Weird. Yeah. Uh, and But laughter has power. And mm, it, yeah. that is the most transformative of pain, like I was talking about before. I feel like if, uh, going back to my father's death, uh, I was in the hospital room with him for two weeks. He was questionably brain dead, uh-huh. and we had to make decisions. But I, I would say not a day went by where a joke wasn't made. Uh-huh. Gallows humor, but we still laughed because we had to. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I remember. What else do you? Yeah, so it's like it's like you said you you told jokes at like your your dad's funeral and things like that. Oh yeah, and, and then and, you, uh, you you tell that like you tell jokes about it on stage like a lot, uh, and mm-hmm. it, it gets a big response like every single time. And then that's the most uh, other than like oh that girl didn't go out with me. Uh, right, that's yeah. like the most I ever have come uh, have people come up to me after a set and mm-hmm. be like that was important for me. Uh-huh. That's something I I I needed to hear like i had a similar experience and i thought i was wrong for making jokes or mm-hmm. i thought i was weird and when i tell those jokes people respond to them and like hey i i had that pain right and you you, you seem like you're handling it uh-huh, and yeah. i want you to handle it better yeah <laughs> yeah and an audience can tell when i don't know just like i don't know how but an audience can co- collectively tell when a comedian is just just BSing it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, like I, the host just introduced this person five seconds ago. 
and I can just tell that it this is this is how this person really is. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. there is like kind of like this intangible thing where it's like you can tell when someone's being genuine and speaking uh-huh. from their heart, and like someone else could say the same thing, and you can just be like, you made that. Yeah, like, yeah. You, not, you wanted uh, to get a, uh-huh. a, a cheap wife. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you were talking about like when you were going through that with your dad, that not a, not a day went by when you were like when you were writing bits, and it never occurred to you that like it would be inappropriate, right? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, like we were making jokes in the room. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. w- when my dad died, like the moment when we were with him, like death rattle and all. Uh-huh. Uh, that might be too dark for people, <laughs> but my my brother made a little joke. Uh-huh. And that was that helped so much. Right. Yeah. Uh, I re- I remember when we were in the hospital, like no, I wasn't sleeping three days in. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. I had to go home because I just needed to shower. I needed to sleep in an actual bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was unhealthy for me to still be there. Um, that night, I didn't go to sleep either because I stayed up and I wrote like six or seven pages of bits. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, None of which really has been used. It was mm-hmm. it was all so of the moment. Funny stuff. Right. I still think in retrospect, funny stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was like, he's in the hospital now. I want him to get better. That type of thing, which no longer is applicable. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, topical. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, I, you I, were I, catering to your audience. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I did like what you said about like uh, how people have come up to you and said that they are also experiencing similar pain because it it is a it's it's a good balance right like the jokes help you get through it but it's also like this is also for you you know yeah. like this is also for the audience like yeah. if you're experiencing similar things, and in like, we shouldn't ever forget the audience right i think that would that to be so narcissistic with your comedy is the one of the worst ways you can take uh-huh. it mm-hmm. um the audience <laughs> like we want to be understood, yeah. right? Uh-huh. The the we're talking to an audience because we have these thoughts and we need to express them, and we're not just yelling them to an empty room. Right. We want other people to say, "Okay, and, I get it too." Yeah, yeah. ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, yeah, for me, that's that, that's what makes a bomb so tough to take. It's like is oh, they don't you understand just, you. you. Just didn't connect with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a person who already level. feels alone. Just, yeah. Just yeah. Like, oh man, I'm you're just affirming my loneliness. Like, yeah. Oh, so I am that weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. off stage. Uh-huh. Is it just me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just you. Uh, so I guess your your comedy is like the perfect balance of this because um, you do deal uh, talk about things that uh, make you very depressed and, and things you're struggling with. But then you have also like, and I pooped my pants when I was three, you know? like <laughs> Which you know? was traumatizing yeah, right, at the yeah. time. But like, you're not going to be like, oh man, I'm so depressed about the Zelda jokes, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Well, yeah, you talked about like just like the flip side of that because I can. You're, sometimes your comedy just takes a one eighty, right? And you're, like, yeah, you're telling jokes about video games instead of like suicide. Yeah, and and uh, ideally, I like to merge the two into mm-hmm. one joke. Yeah, um, because uh, because that's stuff people like too, and uh, that's stuff I like, and yeah. I just like I'm saying I want people to get me. Yeah, and I I need to show all parts of me. I need right. to show, and I'm. The stuff of the video games and the pooping the pants and not yeah. good with girls. Uh-huh. All of that's part of me, too. Even if I'm not as sensitive about it, right. that needs to be expressed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That needs to be part of what I put out into the world. Yeah. But I, well, I guess what I'm saying is that not all jokes need to feed through depression. It can't just it can just feed through, like, yeah. uh, discomfort or, like, I think that's weird. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the... the 
feeling weird though that's that's part of it that's like, true yeah. Uh, yeah part of being a comedian is that you are an outsider like lee cox would talk about this a lot yeah. uh, everyone has something different that got them there they're they're looking at the world in a critical way uh-huh. mm-hmm. and i think that also unfortunately feeds into the depression i think a common trait between uh depressed people and comedians mm-hmm. uh and why there's so much overlap there is uh, being critical mm-hmm. uh being uh, kind of self-aware but also kind of overly critical of self and then the the third thing that's really big is rumination just ruminating on an idea yeah. it's necessary for comedy and it's also one of the biggest things that reinforces depression you can't let an idea go you have to keep going it over it over right, it yeah. and that we have to do that yeah. for a bit you have to look at every idea from every angle uh-huh. to find the right way to say something yeah. Once you even have a bit, you have to keep looking at it to yeah. make sure you're even doing if it's it. done well. You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's 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 a depressive tendency. So yeah, is there anything else you wanted to bring up uh, just to the listeners in general? Uh, you gotta you gotta love each other. You gotta love each other, man. <laughs> Make that's love, the, not war. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I was hesitant to bring up like my speech impediment, uh-huh. but that's a big part of okay um, cool. my mean, comedy. Yeah, you you want to talk about that? Did I you guess, ever go through speech therapy when you're six years? Six okay, years yeah. of speech I therapy. I went through speech therapy too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah <laughs> look at I you go. Uh, you can you can you can't you can only tell when I'm really tired, but it's it's. It's embarrassing because it's like the stereotypical like Asian like I mix up the L and the R. Oh <laughs> yeah. Huh. If I'm speaking really fast, which I do, or if I'm tired, I'll actually I'll mess it up. Gotcha. Well, but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Everybody, listeners, keep an eye on that. <laughs> keep an eye up and for that. Uh, keep a tally of every time it happens. Every time it happens, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so how does uh, did six years of speech therapy? You said? Yeah. Um. When I was a kid, I have I have a lot of jokes about this. Uh-huh. Um. And every time I do the jokes, it makes my speech impediment worse for the rest right. of the set. <laughs> and I always screw up a line. And I always get a huge laugh. But yeah, I I have a, a lisp that's still present. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to... Hopefully the pop filter has taken that out of this equation. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, does, it, it just, does it work that way? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's completely like Morgan gone. Freeman on that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Um, about these mics. <laughs> Why is it three Morgan Freemans talking about comedy? <laughs> uh, um, but no, it, it's something that I've always dro- had trouble with talking. Uh-huh. Um, and which yet, is which is like which is my bread and butter now. Which is, yeah, which is yeah. weird because like I'm gonna go on stage and do it in front of um, everyone. And it's something that I'm still like always concerned about. I don't like people making fun of how uh, I talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it it makes it come back. It makes me stutter more. Right. I, I have trouble with words. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. So it's something that like your whole life you've been trying to take away the, the negative. Yeah. By by making bits about it, right? Yeah. Like, what's in, What's interesting is um I actually talked to a linguistics major recently, and <laughs> we we were talking about I have a speech impediment because my tongue is too big. Really? My tongue is way too big. I maybe we could take a picture of it, play it online, uh, because I'll, I'll show you guys right now, and you, the reaction will gauge to the audience. Okay, it's, it's okay. large. It's it large. Is, it is large. You yeah. <laughs> doesn't carry you over podcast, but um, I think I actually, the, pot, I, the microphone will yeah, pick yeah. up. Yeah, there might the be noise of your tongue. How long it? I'll just boost it like just to a, a ridiculous level. Gross. Gross. Um, also, one of my biggest comedians is I don't have a joke about how long my tongue is. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just I've never come up with something to say yeah, about that. With the tongue bit. 
Okay, we'll workshop that. Um, <laughs> but I was talking with the linguistics major, and they were telling me that, um, like, we were talking about how do you articulate different noises and different sounds, uh, and I'm, I'm doing it wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I have to do it wrong just because my tongue is too big for my oh, mouth. interesting. Huh. I actually am saying things in ways that aren't the noises and the sounds that make up the English language. Mm-hmm. I'm gotcha. using different sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so huh. I just thought I'm it was... understanding you fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It's like uh, how I think of it now is it's like a dog standing on its hind legs, right. <laughs> but like really good at it. I'm really good really at it. Good at the I like, feel like that's a, a fairly good description of you just yeah. as a person. Just like, uh, just a dog <laughs> Yeah. And, not, in a bad, not in a bad way. And it's really good at it. You can put on like a little suit on it. It can walk <laughs> around. It can do a lot of things people can do, yeah. but it's not speaking English. Uh, and eventually it, it's gonna fall down. <laughs> um, but it's funny because it's a dog. Uh, t- uh, talk to us about the competitive side of comedy. Um, and because I know you've done last comic standing a couple of times, and uh, and you got you got third second last place. year, right? And you no. got second place this year. No, second I got second place. twice. Oh, I, second both yeah. times. I okay. stand by the idea that when I walk into the room, I am almost always the second funniest second person funniest. there. <laughs> Any room, no. I will be the second funniest person there. Yeah, because I've told you, I've told you this. But... It's true here. Uh, it goes <laughs> yeah. me, me, you, and John. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I told you this not that long ago. But I remember when you first came here. Like I, I had one last comic standing my sophomore year, and then my junior year, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it again. Like that's like, oh, these, these, the competition is nothing. And then like you came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, well, this guy, <laughs> this guy with his long hair and his. Uh, and his, and his self-deprecating humor is going to take it. And his and, long tongue. Yeah, and his long tongue. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I remember feeling some sort of like bitterness. I was like, this guy is better than me. And, I thought I was <laughs> and then we both lost. And then we both lost, yeah. yeah. So then that's that. Then we became friends. <laughs> <laughs> that We needed that we needed to that. break that tension. Yeah. Um, I was actually second place in the Seattle Laugh-Off as well. Oh, a no. like month-long uh, comedy. <laughs> oh, no. I got money for that one, yeah, at least. Um, but yeah, second place. Uh, I am a second place comedian. I have come to terms with it. I have come to terms with it. You can't always be the best. Um, but the competitive side of the comedy, I actually have a joke about that. I used to. Um, I used to call it just my mean joke. Uh, uh, and in my mean joke, I would just uh, talk about how comedy's weird because we're all kind of friends. Everybody's joking with each other and having fun, but uh, we're working against each other right. we, we yeah. are competing for time we're competing for laughs people only really remember one comedian per show uh-huh. that's how it works you remember the best yeah. mm-hmm. um and that that makes it so when people go up on stage and they do poorly i, I feel bad for them it's like my friend but there's a part of me that gets nice and, and warm like, all right like, yeah all right yeah. i'm doing better than that <laughs> that's my mean joke yeah. I've done a set like that where um, where the mic go. It, we just didn't have a mic because uh-huh. the person who went before me was like, you know what I'll do? I'll uh, I'll do a backflip on stage. That'll be funny. Everyone will laugh about that. What? And, <laughs> and they got caught up in the mic and pulled it out oh, of the wall. No! And then the rest of the show was just, you know, uh, project. Right, yeah. <laughs> no one had a mic. Yeah. Wow. yeah, some comics freak out. Uh, like you've done the, uh, the Dead Parrot show, right? Where you... 
Oh yeah. Um, where you do just sit and then and then do like a they do improv. The Darmondo. Darmondo, oh, right? Um, and that's an old main theater at Western, and there's no mic there, right? Yeah. And so it's always funny because I've I've done those shows several times. And there's always the comedian that doesn't know that there's not a mic. Yeah, and, and it's like, like ten minutes before. It's like so there's no microphone. And their then, eyes just and get then, wider. Yeah, like, what? There's no microphone. They're like, what do I do with my hands? You stick them in your pockets? Give me a sour punch straw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just I clap them together like I'm a pastor uh, or something like that. Like I don't know. This is impossible to yeah. talk about on a podcast, but I'm so expressive with my hands uh-huh. that I just like. I don't care if there's a mic. I used to actually, when I was younger, keep the mic in the mic stand. Uh-huh. And over time, that I just was like, you know, you can do more when you're holding it. You yeah, yeah, control yeah. the volume. Yeah, that's better. another thing. I'm like, if it's their first like 20 shows, mm-hmm. it's gonna be in the probably gonna be in the mic. Stand. Yeah, because you don't yeah. want to touch it. You yeah, don't exactly. Touch it. Yeah, it's taking that thing is taking that thing out is scary. Yeah, especially because yeah. sometimes when you take it out, the bottom of the mic yeah, falls, it falls out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're into Act Three, and um, Ooh. yeah. So tell us about what TV shows you're watching. Have you seen Deadpool? Uh, no, and oh, I don't want to talk about Deadpool. I don't want to talk about Deadpool. Why? I thought I thought you'd be all over that. I do read. Night. I do read a lot of comic books, and that's just not the style of comic uh, I'm into. The breaking the fourth wall. Uh, I like meta humor, but yeah. it's just I haven't liked how it was written. I uh, don't want to yeah. talk about Deadpool. Oh, I'll say this about Deadpool. <laughs> Did you no. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen the movie, but as, it, a, as a character, I like I like the idea of the character. I think that the the raunchy humor is over the top with Deadpool. I think they yeah. they write him too crass. And... I'm gonna leave the room for this conversation. Uh, <laughs> anyways, all right, we Deadpool. can move on. <laughs> right. uh, but it's also it doesn't have to be like TV. It could be like just things that inspire you to yeah. like comedians, uh, well, uh, anything. Really. I actually I have something I don't. Again, we talked about it earlier. I don't really watch comedy. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. me really uncomfortable. Um, Even when it's like an HBO, yeah, or something, uh, or uh, sitting. Or it, that's the worst. It, sitting in a room with it on the TV uh-huh. just makes me so uncomfortable. Wow. Um, I'll watch Reggie Watts just because it's such an ex- abstraction <laughs> of comedy. It's, yeah. it's like a, a comedy about comedy. Yeah. Uh, that I'll watch that, but he I plays don't... with form so much, so it's yeah. like, like it's like yeah. It, it's just it's very abstract. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh-huh. Um, but what I've been watching recently, uh, TV wise, is I've been going back and watching a lot of what informed me as a kid, Simpsons and Futurama. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Those were fundamental to my. Uh, sense of humor yeah. and in go- what way like, like in just joke structure in uh-huh. that they raised me uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well dr- joke structure they taught me what was funny basically uh-huh. like I, I knew what to laugh at because Simpsons told me what to laugh uh-huh. at in a yeah. lot of ways yeah, yeah. I know I, I got a lot from my brother I got a lot from my dad and it, I think it would be equal uh-huh. account to Simpsons yeah. and I've been going back and watching that with uh, like Lee Lee Cox uh-huh. um uh, from the point of view of a comedian, yeah, and they are so impressive in the mm-hmm. early seasons. Oh, and they were like yeah. they were like ahead of everybody, like, yeah. as far as writing that it, kind of humor. The density of humor is amazing, and that's why it, it, it was so perfect as a kid to just watch over and over again because mm-hmm. you kept catching more and more, and you picked up on the complexity and the layers in every joke. There's sometimes you you are just laughing through really well-crafted jokes that you you're, you're missing out yeah right yeah uh, do you still do you still watch it now or simpsons no yeah no no it's it, it, it is not the same show i hate to be that guy <laughs> we're doing like, a live no action one. episode <laughs> wait what <laughs> i think I, I saw the av club post uh, something about God. they're doing like a live action episode uh, 
it was about the writers it was about the specific time period it was about how things were uh formed and how they came mm. up with new ideas uh-huh. and they're just past that at this point yeah. so and, and i i hate being that guy talking about how no it's not as good yeah. um well, it's but. like the, the, the quote-unquote adult cartoon landscape has like changed so much since then too so it's yeah, like it's i feel like they're playing more to cultural trends yeah. lately which is yeah. which is i mean they've been around so well long, no but. actually going back and watching it uh as looking back they were playing with cultural trends they were really topical yeah it's just yeah. they were doing it in a more timeless way and it's so impressive that they can do that they can mm-hmm. make a topical joke that 10 years later and to people who didn't get the reference is still funny it works on different levels i have been having trouble just getting into shows and getting into uh, what i've been doing more of lately is um just watching known bad stuff like the tv show sliders on netflix it's just like a uh jerry o'connell it's about they slide from one dimension to another Uh and like every episode's a new dimension uh (laughs) sounds awesome and it's it's so great uh, to sit around with a group of like five people who are clever uh-huh. and just point out all the flaws and just yeah. you know like the uh, mystery science theater approach to something. Just like I like the idea where I'm not trapped into watching something where I don't get to talk and I can't mm-hmm. be creative for half an hour because we're deciding this is going to be creative. Yeah. So when everybody decides to watch something they know they won't like without something additional it's very fun oh it's great yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and and that's that's my preferred i'm also really into uh um angel the spinoff from buffy oh, the Empire. Yeah. i never actually watched it I've, a, I watched it a little bit of buffy but. it's an okay show it's, it's wait got so are good... you saying that you like to watch shows that you know are bad so you can shit on it uh <laughs> no i wanted to say that in a way that made me look good okay. <laughs> anyways angel angel <laughs> angel angel um it's 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 a show that is interesting enough in in ideas that it puts out that episode to episode you're 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 willing to come back to it, but the acting is subpar, right. all yeah. the writing isn't great, and that gives you the opportunity to enjoy the story they're giving you, but you know be able to add your own inputs yeah. at any any. <laughs> any sounds given like Doctor time. Who. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, like yeah. I'll, it is like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch Doctor Who as long as I'm not. Uh, with someone who's gonna be like, shut up! Yeah, Why, this yeah. is the most emotional. <laughs> no, it's so, not. Uh, so, are you into so, any other like like mainstream sitcoms like uh, like The Office or Parks and Rec? Or uh, I was much? a huge Parks and Rec fan. Yes, uh-huh. um, as I I have trouble going back to Parks and Rec or Community even, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm a huge fan of because I don't like watching the same thing over and over again. Which I uh, I, I'm going back to The Simpsons because it's been 10 years since I watched yeah, The Simpsons, yeah. and it's such a... It, I can appreciate it on a very different level now. Uh-huh. If I'm watching something I just recently watched, it's kind of torturous. Right. It, it, I feel so trapped into watching something when it's on the television that it makes me feel like a bad person. We're getting back into that neuroticism <laughs> <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> So, so are there shows or movies out there that you're like, nobody else likes this, but I I, I do. Like, uh, I don't know why everyone doesn't get this. I don't want to argue with you guys. No, just, just, just mention it. Just mention it. Um, you guys, I actually listened to you guys talk about, um, like, you didn't like Daredevil. I liked uh-huh. Daredevil. I, I, watched, I watched one episode, and I yeah. will watch it. I just, okay. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. That's all. And uh, I thought Master of None was the best uh, example of... 
a comedian stand-up turned into a, yeah. a television mm-hmm. format. Uh-huh. It, it was amazing to me yeah. that he could so clearly take the thesis behind his uh, stand-up work mm-hmm. and make it into just the perfect TV oh, show. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's uh, a good show. I need to watch the rest of it. I, I actually like Master of None, yeah. but I just like... Yeah, I, Master... I, I think Louis is... For me, Louis does that, I think. Uh, uh, Louis... Like Louis captures a lot of the feel of it, but it's uh, it's not. Uh, Aziz has that whole through plot in mm-hmm. his standup. He tackles That's an true. idea mm-hmm. and he gets really deep into it. And his show addressed that one hundred percent. Yeah, it went into every aspect of how he how he views modern relationships, and I have a better understanding of that. Louis, he goes from different thing to thing, and that's just oh, it's, been it's a, vignettes. Yeah, like, that's that's yeah. how it's been described. And I, yeah, it's just a different, when, which approach, is good. Yeah. Um, what I like about Master of None is that like it's just this, the slightest difference from the other stand-up TV shows is that he's not a stand-up in it; he's just an yeah. actor. I yeah, really I appreciate like that because yeah. he can like yeah. still like convey certain ideologies about yeah. performing, but he's not like it's not like just a, a direct rip of his life. Yeah, and it know? takes away the the framing format of start with comedy. Yeah, uh, the Seinfeld then, format. Yeah, yeah the but, Seinfeld format, uh, which was brilliant. Yeah, but it takes away that idea that you can just say, oh, this is what it's about at the top of the show. Right, like, exactly. This type yeah. of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I'm thinking about, uh-huh. and then we explore it. You get what we're exploring through the content of the uh-huh. show. Yeah, and I, uh-huh. I really, I thought, because I only watched three episodes of Master of None, and then like... Get back I, on that. No, exactly, because it's like, I was like, this is like good, this is really good. I, like, I didn't quite knock it out of the park for me, mm-hmm. so I do want to go back. I, I don't dislike that. So don't be afraid <laughs> to, like... I also don't dislike Daredevil. It's just, like, I was burnt out on gritty superheroes, so True. it's, like, that... It's probably good. But if you go to the source material that Frank Miller's Daredevil was such the prototypical gritty... Sure, uh, yeah. It, they had to do it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I have one question. We can actually we can actually cut this act pretty short, so we can like wrap. We can get into plugs after this. But, uh, uh, so oh I no, just, not plugs. <laughs> I just have uh, one question. Uh, so, do you like now write specifically like for for stand-up, or do you ever find yourself writing for maybe other formats, oh. other comedic formats? Um, I write sketch sometime. Okay. A lot of it doesn't ever see the light of day. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, okay. I liked when John had that um, show, the Viking, Viking comedy, comedy hour. show. Yeah. yeah, Viking comedy hour where you could get ideas to stage. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, yeah, a lot of times I, I come up with ideas and I know the format of stand-up well enough. I know it won't fit into that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'll throw things in that. Uh, I've come up, yeah, it's embarrassing to say, but I have like uh, whole ideas of mini series arcs of like <laughs> a, a master of none type show yeah, right, where, totally. and I, I have all these ideas of dialogue where I'm just like if you had to have the 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 if we had a show just called Cudahy right like <laughs> would, you, would you Kid Cudahy is kid, what it would be kid called Kid Cudahy right yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what format would you want to take? Would, would you want uh, to take I, it in? I I don't have anything that's just me. Mm-hmm. I and like a lot of things I write, I don't really write for me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to think about it that way. Uh-huh. Um, probably I would be like an awesome superhero with a rock and bod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and weirdly enough, I do write a lot of stuff that isn't comedic. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And it's a we- <laughs> it's embarrassing to say I write a lot of lore. For video games, That's, fan I lore. That. I love that, and <laughs> and I write. Uh, I don't think we're surprised. No, nobody's surprised. <laughs> no, my big secret. <laughs> uh, I I was 
pretty popular in some sub forums online of certain games where it's like, wow, that's an interesting idea. I try to take the scholarly approach oh. to like fantasy topics. I'm getting really into D and D and writing. Um, I have a, a like a six page thing on my computer right now. I'm about to post online about <laughs> uh, the spell detect good and evil and the origins of such. <laughs> it, oh, I love that. <laughs> Ryan, Wait, that is my favorite fact about you. Yeah, that is my favorite fact. Is that be I love because I love world building and I love lore. Oh, yeah, I and love world that's building. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, that would that would be a big dream for me. Is like if I can't do comedy, something in the world building. I just I feel like it's so interesting. Humans can make things that don't yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and then come to care about them. That's interesting. Totally. Uh, this uh, whole segment has just been me cringing in my seat as I say these things. Uh. No, we love it. We love it. We'll cut it out. It's okay. No. Uh, so, so we want to end with uh, the takeaway, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, this is a, a new season two format change. Uh, I'm not going to have anything. We're going to you? You know, say whatever you want. You can have a cop out, but uh, we're going to ask guests from now on to give us one big takeaway uh-huh. uh i guess like advice advice it could be advice i mean yeah, you know like whatever you want like advice yeah. what like if if people tuned in and they skip to the very end what's yeah. the one thing you want them to like take about either about you or about comedy or about whatever yeah. about world building about family <laughs> guy, it doesn't matter yeah I'll, I'll send really drive home the family guy message <laughs> uh, no i i feel like if i'm talking to an audience if i'm talking to people who enjoy creative people mm-hmm. and who appreciate what people do i i I guess try to give people the benefit of doubt creators and people who are performing Mm -hmm. uh i feel like so many of them are coming from a a rough perspective Uh and they just want someone to like try to understand yeah and it's it's really easy when someone goes up on stage to kind of shut down and be like just be dismissive yeah Yeah. i don't i don't like what they're going for i don't Uh like them i know i do that it's just and like like I can't connect to poetry very easily, but I want to try. Yeah. I want to see them, and I want them to do well, and I want to give them a receptive audience to see if their ideas have merit. Uh, uh, that's a takeaway. Huh? Yeah, that's no, a great that's takeaway. great. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, uh, all right. You, do you have anything to plug? Oh yeah, let's, oh, let's, God, let's no. plug no. time. Uh-huh. Uh, Stand up comedy. Club, yeah. So so Monday yeah. at the Green Frog. Uh-huh. <laughs> one uh, thing. One thing we really didn't get into is. I used to be quite successful, and now I'm really not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, man, how did we not get into that? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I have peaked I have no so plugs. long ago. No more uh, plugs. So I, yeah, 9.30 at the Green Frog. Uh, Monday, Every Monday you're there. Oh, I'm doing the April Upfront show. Okay, oh, cool. Um, okay. Uh, do you know what day that is? Oh, man, you're doing the April Upfront show? Yeah. Okay, no, uh, upfront. March show. Okay, so I'll be doing that one, hopefully. What's the Upfront? Upfront called? Theater. Upfront Theater. Theater, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm doing a show at the NPR to, uh, oh, you are multi-purpose room on. It's like I'm just doing five minutes uh-huh. during a, a club, like okay. show a variety show to show different clubs and right me on. and Lee Cox and Rebecca Reader oh, awesome. all, and nice. um, Stephen Stephen M- okay. Matusak. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, we're doing five minutes to um, kind of publicize stand-up comedy that's awesome. club. Cool. And that's yeah. that's at Western Washington University's campus. Uh, I, Western Washington something. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't Western know if it's really a university. Uh, uh, college. Uh, <laughs> Did you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, this is yeah. airing. I guess it, it, we'll just make this the first episode. This will yeah. be February Screw 29th. Yeah. So uh, this Friday, um, man, that's like 
so soon from right now. Uh-huh. Uh, that's I'm this Friday I'm, being this this upcoming Friday from them for for, for, the, for the, audience. the audience. Okay. Uh, oh, time is my, interesting. It's March fourth. Um, <laughs> my EP Solace and Something will be launching for Brokeback. For Brokebot, yeah, nice. and there's so much work. I have I don't have a single song finished, and that's in like two and a half weeks from recording. But uh, yeah, this yeah. Friday, and we're doing I'm doing a house show. Um, I'll have a link to the event page uh, if you're interested. I guess maybe no, just go just look, go to my Facebook page. Go to the Brokebot Facebook page. Uh, look at the event. It's it's at my house. We're just doing an acoustic show right now. The lineup is me, Marina Price, yes. who is from season one, uh, and Nick Gigina. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. I hope that's how you say his last name. Uh, he performs at the Underground Coffee House open mic sometimes. I used to work with him. Uh, he's great. Uh, we might have somebody else play as well. But yeah, there's going to be right a show on. this Friday. My EP is going to release. And, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Ryan's over there just, Ryan's like, moving, just... moving around. I, was... right, I don't have anything to play. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Green Frog. Green Frog. Yeah. Green Frog. Yeah. Green Frog. Every Monday, 9.30, come to the Green Frog. Sign up at 9. Uh, I thought of another one. Okay. To yeah. plug. What did Go you for think? it. Uh, the idea is that uh, the Suck Club, the stand up, oh, I hate uh-huh. that. <laughs> the stand up comedy club on Western's campus is uh, they're doing the Thursday night open mics, but uh-huh. we're going to be introducing features to those. Oh, cool. Um, okay, awesome. That's, uh, that's great. So it's yeah. the Underground Coffee House, and we do uh, the open mic, and then we're going to top it off with like half an hour feature. Right. I'm going to Sweet. have one of the features coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. I don't know the date yet, but uh-huh. if you're listening to this and there's even a chance that you'll yeah. go then you'll probably ha- <laughs> yeah. have the well, ability to figure it out we might have the, might have a, the a link, link by then, or something yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so look in yeah. look in the description for the link if it exists and uh and yeah actually i've got one more thing i've got a youtube channel <laughs> oh that's right uh, there might not oh, man I, I missed i was supposed to release my a new video uh, on valentine's disappointing Day. your fans i had production issues it might still come out i have to like salvage well if it's Either it's out now or it's never coming out. But uh, anyways, yeah, youtube.com slash what a nerd show. And also follow me at Twitter, on Twitter at K underscore Hoog. Um, yeah. All right. Ryan, thanks so much for being Thank on. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been a yeah. pleasure. Uh, let's hit thank that, you all. Hey, let's hit that button. End of end of episode one of season two. Season two. Hit it. Hit, hit that button. Thanks for listening to The Process. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here, you can go to all the big social media stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Process with John and Kevin. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash The Process with John and Kevin. Or we're on iTunes and all your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, just go ahead and click subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. <laughs> and the Facebook page. And the, Wait, did I you said say that, that already? I already oh, said shoot. that. Well, you, you think I missed I'm it? I'm sorry. You think I missed it? I've done this. <laughs> the Facebook this is the 11th time. Well, join us next week where we interview... Who's episode two? Uh, Jane Mitchell. Jane Mitchell is going to be here, guys. Improviser Jane Mitchell. <laughs> All right. Improviser Jane Mitchell. Next week. Thanks, guys.